On today's show, we're going to discuss the horrible weekend in St. Louis. There's no other word for it. It was horrible. We'll talk about all of it. We'll also preview the series in Seattle. And even though it's Monday, we're doing kind of like a flashback throwback thing because there is a reason for it. And I'll explain it to you when the show starts. So get ready. An all new Locked on Yankees is next. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, Yankee fans, although I don't think it's a happy Monday, but welcome to Locked on Yankees, which is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. We'd like to thank you for making Locked on Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit the like button and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. And today's episode is brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you. So you never have to go to a dealership again. So next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone, go to Vroom.com and check out thousands of great cars. That seems like a service that would be perfect for me because I don't like leaving my house. Um... Speaking of not wanting to leave the house, I don't think the Yankees wanted to leave um, their hotel rooms in St. Louis after their performance here, there, this weekend. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Okay. Let's go through the numbers. They are currently on a five-game losing streak. First one of the season. Okay. They were swept by St. Louis for the first time in history, I believe is what it was. And this was the first three game sweep by an LL NL team, not a little league team, an NL team. To be fair, they haven't had a lot of three game series recently. In recent years, a lot of the series have been twos. So, um, but in 25 years of interleague play, the Yankees have only been swept in three-game series four times. So that's pretty good. Yeah, since 1997. This was a, <laughs> it was a bad weekend. It was a bad weekend. Friday night was bad enough. But then Saturday, the badness of Saturday was compounded by the fact that we had to listen to John Smoltz the entire game. I've voiced my opinion on how much I don't like listening to John Smoltz during anything. And it... I, oh, it was rough. And I don't even know who he was with. I don't remember the guy's name, which is terrible of me. But they were yapping about nonsense throughout the game. You know these guys don't know what they're talking about when they're talking up Isaiah Kiner-Falefa as if he's been a really great player for the Yankees this year. It's like, mm, no, no. Try again, though, but no. People keep joking about how the Yankees haven't won since they traded Joey Gallo. They're 10 and 22 in games in which he doesn't start for them. I feel like this is the curse of Jordan Montgomery, and I will explain why. 
We knew they were going to try and unload Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo knew that they were going to try and unload Joey Gallo. Everyone knew. No one knew about Jordan Montgomery. When that trade came across the wire, it was shocking. And even more shocking to poor Jordan Montgomery once he found out he was traded for an injured player who doesn't even play the same position as he does. He was traded away from the only team that he's ever played for. And what does he do on Saturday? What I thought he was going to do. Was he dominant? No, but the Yankees couldn't hit anything. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Their lead in the AL East is down to nine and a half. It's in single digits again for the first time since June 15th. And that was right before they played the Blue Jays in Toronto. They played that series against the Blue Jays in Toronto. June 17th through the 19th. The 19th was that infamous, was it 10-9? Where they were winning like 8-2 and they ended up losing 10-9? Yeah, that game. It feels like that game started a whole world of hurt for the Yankees. And they've been mediocre at best since then. It is a chore watching this team now. I joked that I was going to boycott them yesterday. I did not. I sat through that entire game, which we will discuss more in depth in segment two. But let me finish my thought about Jordan Montgomery. So we had no idea he's going to be traded. He's traded at the last minute. He's traded for someone who doesn't play the same position as him, someone who is literally in a walking boot and might not even be able to play until September. So, you know, joke about it being the curse of Joey Gallo, but it is the curse of Jordan Montgomery. Good job, Brian Cashman. Good job. This whole weekend was a nightmare. My goodness. And the thing about it is, Aaron Judge has been hitting well. Actually, during his his tear, the Yankees haven't really been doing well. Because in some cases, he's the only one doing the hitting. And then it doesn't help that the starting pitching doesn't do much. Nestor was fine. I won't blame Nestor. And I won't blame Herman either. Herman pitched a pretty good game on Saturday. I just, I, I don't even, I don't even know how to react to this. They've been not so great for more than a month now. So I'm really hoping that after Aaron Boone got kicked out of the game and after Matt Blake got kicked out of the game, (laughs) that they had some sort of a meeting with these guys to talk to them about how bad they've been playing lately because um, something needs to happen. Something needs to happen. We're going to discuss yesterday's game in segment two because, oh, there's a whole lot to talk about when we discuss Sunday's game. Oh, and it's not just the Yankees and the Cardinals. It has to do with the home plate umpire. And I will tell you why in a moment. But first, as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Personally, 
I've been hired by people on LinkedIn. It actually works. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hiring hashtag frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, Nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. Subscribe now to Locked On Yankees on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you know when each episode premieres. So let's talk about yesterday's game because, oh my goodness, Frankie Montas. I'm going to call him Montas until I'm corrected because that's the pronunciation on baseball reference, but Michael Kay was not saying it like that. And the way that he was saying it and John Flaherty were saying it was not working with my mouth. So I'm going to say Montas until I'm corrected. So not a good debut for him at all. You know, Yankees give him a 4-1 lead. He coughs it up right away. To be fair. Now I can't remember who it was. He had, oh, who was it? Someone was struck out. (laughs) Was it Goldschmidt? Someone was struck out. He threw a strike. The guy swung. Well, checked, checked his swing. Home plate umpire Ed Hickox, who had a rough day all day, and I'll tell you the numbers in a minute you know, checked with the first base ump. He said he didn't go. He awarded him first. He should have been called out on strikes. It should have been a strikeout. And then I believe Montas gave up the three-run home run to Arnado after that. Okay, so we have to talk about this. Um, If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I was going crazy during yesterday's game because Ed Hickox was absolutely horrible. And then the umpire scorecard tweet came out today they're really good they're really good for our purposes because they they let us know that no you're not crazy you were seeing really bad umpiring this is what was going on okay oh and i will apologize i have a fan blowing on me because it is unbearably hot in my house which is why i'm sitting downstairs because if i attempted to do this upstairs i would have melted five minutes ago okay Ed Hickox, overall accuracy, 92%, which seems high, but the average is 94, so it's below average. Overall consistency, which doesn't really mean anything because if he's consistently bad, (laughs) he's consistent. 91, again, average, 94. I just cannot take it. Called ball accuracy. Six of 142 called balls were true true strikes. So 96%, not bad. Called strike accuracy. 11 of 81 called strikes were true balls. 
That's an 86% accuracy. And the overall favor of this game favored 3.01 runs to St. Louis. I said it on Twitter yesterday. Hmm. That he cost them at least two runs. Impactful missed calls. I think this was it. Bottom of the second, Montas to Dijon. Dijon? Dijon? How do you say his name? They said it how many times during the game because he's a guy who doesn't hit and he was killing the Yankees all weekend? Um, was that him? No, it wasn't him because this was the base is empty. But 3-2 three, three, count, strike is called a ball, so he walks. Top of the fifth, Stratton to Marwin Gonzalez with, no, Carpenter, with two outs, runners on second and third, 2-2 two, two count, ball is called strike. Ends the inning ends the scoring threat for the Yankees. He also screwed Marwin Gonzalez in the top of the fifth. With no outs, bases loaded. 3-2. It's not a strike. That was not a strike. Was that the one that was really outside? My ring light fell. It's that kind of a day. Um, yeah, so the uh, missed call against Gonzalez really screwed things up because the Yankees would have scored a run because the bases were loaded. And then the one to Carpenter also screwed up the Yankees because they could have loaded the bases again. Now, the Yankees, to be fair, did leave a small village on base. I think they left 12 runners. And I think between them and the Cardinals, they left, like, the most people on base ever. It was something crazy. The other thing about Ed Hickox's day was someone had put this up. The game was still happening. It was the, yesterday's game was the longest game ever. Like, it felt like the longest game ever. Through the sixth inning, he missed 20 calls. It wasn't even a full game. And then he screwed up that call at home plate that they had to overturn. He was just not having a day. And I get it. Some people were trying to stick up for him and say, well, it was hot. It was humid. Um, yeah, it was. But... If you've been in baseball long enough for your hair to be white, you should know what the strike zone is, no matter how hot it is. And that's no excuse. So, no. Then he got nailed with a foul ball by Jose Trevino, and they had to stop the game for a few minutes so Mr. Hickox could be checked out. I made a joke that maybe he would start calling the strike zone correctly. Didn't help. <laughs> I was thinking about... Was it European? No, not European vacation. Christmas vacation. When cousin Eddie showed up with their kids and they joked about how the little girl wasn't cross-eyed anymore and that she was kicked in the head by a mule and it straightened her eyes. I figured, you know, maybe the foul ball would kind of help Ed Hickox out. It did not. So this does not take away the, from the fact that the Yankees pitchers could not stop anyone from scoring. I think the only one who did was Wandy Peralta, right? <laughs> because even Scott F. Ross gave up a home run. It was one of those days. You cannot blame the offense for Sunday. You can blame them for Saturday because they didn't do anything on Saturday, but you can't blame them for Sunday. It was the pitchers. It was Ed Hickox. And it was just tremendously horrible. And I can't believe I sat through that entire game. That felt like it was five hours long. And if you felt like it was, if you felt like you needed an award for sitting like or a reward actually a reward if you felt like you needed a reward after sitting through that horrible game i feel you i feel you so in a moment we're gonna do a flashback and we're also going to preview briefly the yankees and 
Mariners. But first, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, which would be MMA, UFC, and boxing, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, so just quickly for a moment. This has nothing to do with the Yankees, but I'm going to say it anyway. Olivia Newton-John passed away. Olivia Newton-John, one of my favorites. I'm very bummed. Like, very, very bummed. I actually cried. I'll admit it. I've loved Olivia Newton-John my entire life. She's great. I feel bad that she passed away. So, in honor of Olivia Newton-John, who happened to pass away on the 40th anniversary of the release of Xanadu, we are looking back at the Yankees game from August 8th, 1980, the day Xanadu was released. It took place at Yankee Stadium. The Baltimore Orioles were in town. The attendance was 54,130. It was a big crowd at Yankee Stadium. Jim Palmer started for the Orioles. Ron Guidry started for the Yankees. Your Orioles lineup, Al Bumbry, Rick Dempsey, Kenny Singleton, Eddie Murray, Benny Ayala, Doug DeCince. There's a name. I remember him playing for California. The California Angels in the 80s. Like, the later 80s. Why do I... I don't remember why I walked into a room, but I remember Doug DeCince. Hello? Gary Renicki, Kiko Garcia, Len Sakata, And as I said, Jim Palmer was your starter for the Orioles, for the Yankees, Willie Randolph, Bobby Mercer, Oscar Gamble, Reggie Jackson, Jim Spencer, Eric Solderholm, Rick Cerrone, Rupert Jones, Bucky Dent, Ron Guidry. Palmer lasted seven and two-third innings, gave up two runs on six hits, one walk, three strikeouts, gave up a home run to Rupert Jones. Ron Guidry, also seven and two-third innings. He gave up three runs on five hits, four walks, four strikeouts, and I believe he gave up his home run to Eddie Murray. Yes, in the eighth inning. What happened was the Yankees were winning 2-1 going into the top of the eighth. The Orioles pulled ahead 4-2, and then they added a run in the ninth inning. So Guidry got the loss. Tim Stoddard got the save for the Orioles. Now the time of the game. Unlike Sunday's game in St. Louis, this one was a tidy two hours and 45 minutes. Actually, how long was yesterday's game? Let's check this because I, it felt like it was forever, literally. I mean, my goodness, just it was never ending. Yeah, it was never ending. Four hours, 25 minutes for a nine inning game. It's like one of those old school, well, all right, now it's old school, 90s Yankees-Orioles games. Those games always tended to go long. And obviously Yankees-Red Sox, late 90s, early 2000s, those games were always entirely too long. As I've said many times on the show, I was always stuck at a lot of those games, especially Sunday night games on ESPN that felt like forever. Yeah. So tonight, 
the Yankees are in Seattle because, of course, they don't have an off day. Jamison Tyone against Logan Gilbert. Tyone is 10 and 2 with a 3.96 ERA. Logan Gilbert is 10 and 4 with a 3.09 ERA. Start time is 10 10. It's a normal game on yes. The Yankees need to snap out of it. Will they? Who knows? Tomorrow's game also a 10 10 start, and it's a Garrett Cole Luis Castillo matchup. Hopefully this time, Garrett Cole won't give up six runs in the first inning, and hopefully this time, Garrett Cole will not be caught by Kyle Higashioka. I read the stats the other day. When he has Jose Trevino catching him, his ERA is below a three. When he has Kyle Higashioka catching him, his ERA is over five and nearly six. So can we stop that now, Aaron Boone? Thank you so much. So yes, Cole, nine and four with a 3.56 ERA. 170 strikeouts on its face. It looks fine, but the ERA little bloated could be better. Luis Castillo five and four with a 2.95 ERA 98 strikeouts. And that is also a yes game. As I said, it is 10, 10 PM on Tuesday. And then in the finale on Wednesday, it's a 4:10 start for us. 110 out in Seattle. Nestor Cortez against Robbie Ray. Yankees didn't see Robbie Ray the last time. Nestor Cortez, 9 and 3 with a 2.57 ERA, 115 strikeouts. Robbie Ray is 8 and 8 with a 3.96 ERA. He has 149 strikeouts. As I said, Yankees didn't see him last week because if you recall, the Mariners beat them 2 out of 3 last week. It kind of started the schneid that they're on. They're on a 5-game losing streak. Hopefully things will get better, maybe in Seattle. Oh, boy. As I said, I really hope that Aaron Boone had some sort of a meeting at some point with the team, maybe on the plane ride to Seattle. Oh, and the other thing that bothered me yesterday, St. Louis has an off day today because they were flying to Denver. The Yankees don't have an off day today, and we're flying to Seattle as I say, every time I mention scheduling, who makes these schedules and can I write a complaint to them? Because what? It's not an easy flight from St. Louis to Seattle. It's definitely not. It's easier from it's easier going from St. Louis to Denver than it is going St. Louis to Seattle. Hello. Anyway, yeah, Yankees have a horror weekend. They had a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad weekend. There we go. Did you read that book as a kid? If, if you didn't, read it. Read it to your kids if you have a kid. It was Alex and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. We read it in third grade. 40, almost 40 years ago for me. So yeah, the Yankees have a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad weekend in St. Louis, and they're looking to rebound in Seattle. Will they? Find out tonight when they play. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to this show 
in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, like and comment on YouTube. Click the bell notification when our videos go up. And if you're looking for something else to listen to after you listen to us, why not listen to Locked On MLB? Make your second listen of the day the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So, a kitten just jumped up onto the table. Enjoy your Monday. Hopefully the Yankees won't disappoint us too much, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. 